0: Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the burning daylight podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast? Well, Spotify has got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily, and then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for for podcasters. And here's how it works
1: is kind of snuffy, cold chill up your spine, he'll get your ass moving, somewhere, burning daylight. Howdy
0: there, I'm Matt McKinley and
1: we're burning daylight.
0: Welcome to Burning Daylight. The only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Happy Monday. Hope your weekend treated you all right. Hope the weather is uh, doing all right for you. I know it's still dry out there about everywhere, but I've seen some folks uh, had some moisture. Um, I think they maybe got dug out there in in North Dakota. Um, But if you had... uh, and paying attention to my social media feeds, in particular Twitter, there's a excellent new account on twitter it's called the u s Ministry of truth and uh anyways if you if you uh care to listen to the government and you should like a good subject uh North Dakota isn't real um and i, I think there's some some real truth behind that, but anyway, I think maybe they got dug out up there um Anyhow, we we got rid of, like, half of the wind. It's It's been a really nice day up until about 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and the wind kicks in and it gets shitty. But, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, spring is here and then not and then here and then not. But, yeah, like I said, what are you going to do? Bitch about it. Um, anyhow, this was a good conversation that I had a, had a couple weeks ago. I'm a, a couple weeks ahead on on interviews i'm going to try to keep those for the monday show so anyway two weeks ago uh sarah Jean waddell you may know her from uh, tiktok and instagram she is uh she's got a big following on uh, got a pretty good size following on instagram she's got a huge following on on tiktok but she's uh the rare buckaroo uh she's a buckaroo gal out of oregon her and her husband uh <clears throat> live and ranch up there and uh and then she does some some uh training and selling of mustangs and really into the buckaroo stuff and uh had a couple different people request to have her on the show and i was glad to do it it was a really good conversation and i think you're gonna like it so let's go ahead and get into it shall we uh with my conversation with uh at the rare buckaroo sarah jean Waddell weddell Waddell, I think she said Waddell. Waddell, let's get
1: to it. I can see the horizon, it's looking pretty bright We'll get your ass moving, sun, you're burning daylight
0: just for the patreon folks for right now i'm uh, i try to i try to do interviews on on my monday episode for my monday episode and then i do fence post politics and then uh it's like a bull session bullshit session type of deal uh towards the, uh for the friday so um i'm a couple weeks out on on interviews so it'll be live for for the people that pay pay for it and uh and then uh, a couple weeks from now we'll we'll post it up so uh anyhow we're with uh sarah jean Weddle, uh the rare buckaroo on instagram uh you may have seen her around uh big on tiktok i just found out how many followers she has on tiktok and that's that is wild that is a wild deal um but uh, glad to have you on the show. We've had a, had you requested a couple of times. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I mean, it's pretty new to me to start getting interviewed and stuff like that for, from people. So I'm excited to be here with you.
0: Well, yeah, it's um, I, I, like we were talking before, I'd kind of, I'm pretty sure that I'd followed you and I saw you, I think I saw you and your husband at Elko. And uh, we were talking about she's got a very distinctive uh turquoise uh hat band and bound edge hat and I recognized that, and I told my wife i said i am pretty sure I follow her on instagram and uh and it's funny is we're in Elko Nevada at the cowboy poetry gathering we're at the outside Circle show, which is uh kind of like almost a protest against the the <laughs> the cowboy poetry gathering and how commercialized it's become. And, uh, and I was like, I I think I know that chick from, from Instagram, (laughs) you know, and it's, uh, it's just wild how, how, uh, this world that we live in and like that we, that we occupy our little segment of the world has, uh. It's still succumbed to the, the digital age. And uh and I don't think necessarily for the bad. I, I think there's there there there's a lot of bad that comes of it, but there's I think there's a ton of good stuff that comes comes out of yeah. social media. And uh and, and your channel being one where like and I don't follow very real real closely, but uh but like I know you you talk a lot about like uh the california vaquero style horsemanship a lot about the spade bits and uh and just kind of buckaroo col- culture in general and and you're like like we were saying earlier like you you have a uh, 180 some thousand followers on on tiktok and that's that's insane and um from from the stuff that i've seen you put out like you're you're well researched you're well read on on the subject and and you also obviously live and 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 use horses and, and train horses um so i mean that, that's really cool that that somebody that's uh from what i can tell is 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 pretty authentic into this way of life that we we've chosen to live uh and and, and that many people uh tuning into it so that that's pretty dang cool yeah.
2: Well, and one thing I like to tell a lot of people too, is I wasn't born and raised on a ranch or anything like that. My parents were, we lived outside of Spokane, Washington. They owned a janitorial supply business. And the closest thing mm-hmm. to a horse growing up until I finally got my first horse was a German shepherd mm-hmm. and I wasn't born and raised in the culture. And so like when you say choose this lifestyle, I mean, my husband and I, neither of us grew up in the Buckaroo or ranching or anything like that. and. uh we really had to choose this to, it wasn't just like, am I going to continue on with the family business or on the ranch? It was, we really had to work our way into it and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. And I, once I got into it, like, I knew that this was, this was the life for me. Like there's no other way of living. I mean, not even close.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I grew up a little bit more into it, but I, I guess still kind of, I got, I did, I wasn't on a horse when I was three. I think I think it was yeah. 10, 10 before I ever got yeah. on a horse. But, um, but my, that being said, my second time on a horse was, uh, was a 20 mile ride through, uh, through Canyon country. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, and I, it was, uh if I had a choice right then, I would have never gone on a horse ever again. I after <laughs> after that, I was so damn sore. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and I all through high school, like, uh, especially riding Colts and stuff. I, I kind of hated it because I had to do it. Like I was, it was forced <laughs> upon me. And then, then I went off to college and I always kind of maintained the, you know, the, the ranch ranch type roots, but I, I got, I got, I went off and like, I did construction for a little while. I, I, I poisoned prairie dogs for, for uh summer, you know, well, well, just a, a college job. But I, I, uh, every time I'd go back home to visit, which wasn't often, and it was usually just for a weekend, uh, but I'd get thrown on a colt and, uh, and then I, like, all of a sudden I was like, man, this is kind of fun. I, you know, I kind of miss just getting on something that, you know, like, no matter how much groundwork you do, like, that first first time you swing a leg over it, you're just not real sure what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. Like, you got yeah. a
0: pretty good idea, but it, there's no there's no guarantee. And, no. Uh, and it's just kind of, uh, like, it's a big crescendo right up to that point, and you're <laughs> just like, I don't know, There's there's like that real brief, brief moment where it's like everything is silent, still, and then just like, boom, then it's game on. And sometimes nothing happens, but other times it's like, no, it's game on. <laughs> and,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's, and I don't know, there's something about that. I, uh, it kind of drug me back in. It was just that missing, missing that point. Cause even though I hated it all through high school, like mm-hmm. there was always that little moment, like even if I, I didn't want to be there, just like right, right as your ass hits the saddle, it's like, mm real quiet and then just boom game on. And, uh, I, I don't know, there's something about that. That was, that's kind of cool. And, uh, I've got to appreciate the, the groundwork and stuff that, uh, that, that little silence gets a little bit longer, (laughs) you know, the, the more and more work you do sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's neat to uh even though you may not have grown up into it uh like when 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 you get into uh this this whole deal <coughs> and you get uh a chance to like kind of present it to the world uh yeah, it's uh it's kind of a, it's it's almost a big responsibility, uh, because you know, we're, we're, it's a uh, kind of a finicky bunch of people that, that, that choose this deal. Uh, and yeah. they, they're, they're all also kind of, kind of a proud type of of people and they're, and they're pretty, pretty quick to bark at you when you get something wrong. So. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I, anyhow, um, so how, how did you, uh, how how did you kind of grow that following? Like what, what was what were you talking about? What what kind of content were you putting out?
2: Um the first couple months that I had TikTok, I was just posting dinky little videos and stuff like that, just riding around and stuff. And then finally I I polished my spade bit, you know, just as buckers do polish their silver is something they're really good at. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh and posted a video of it. And there was a ton of people on there. Like not my entire comment section was filled with people saying that that was a medieval torture device. They would, and that people were threatening me oh, saying "Oh yeah, all of that. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing some educational stuff on this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know a whole lot, you know, cause I haven't been in this my entire life. Uh, I just like to share what I do know and mm-hmm. uh, that, the basics basically of making a spade bit horse and the process and what the mechanics of the bit are and everything like that. Cause you know, yeah. So I got into explaining stuff like that the process of making a spade bit horse and my followers started growing a little bit more. And then when I started posting videos about me turning Mustangs into spade bit horses, people absolutely loved that. Um, mm. And showing them that they can be actual using horses as well. They may not ever be super fancy or anything like that, but they can be really good using horses. And then of course my cow pugs, uh, they kind of blew it up a little bit when I started posting videos of them chasing goats and cows mm-hmm. and herding and stuff like that. But and then after I kind of started doing stuff like that and doing educational videos on spade bits, people started asking me for advice on training since they mm. figured, you know, okay? Well, they can make She can make a Mustang and untouched Mustang into a spade bit horse. You know, she can help me with, you know, basics of loading or horses that set back and stuff like that. So I actually just started posting educational content, and then my following just absolutely blew up when I started posting what I do with my horses and my process and uh, different types of things to do with different types of horses, and uh, a lot of people really appreciate that. I don't think you know too many super handy people necessarily follow me, but I got a lot of people that are just striving for knowledge to better their horsemanship every day. And, uh, I'm very open and honest about, you know, when someone asks something, I'm very open and honest about my reply. I don't try to bullshit them into letting them hear what they want to hear, but I tell them exactly what needs to be done. And, you know, a lot of people really appreciate my raw, uh, how raw I am with my answers, you know, telling them, hey, if you got a horse that's aggressive, you need to put them in their place. And Sam be like, oh no, well, maybe you need the back Mm -hmm. off like that. And you know (laughs) kisses
0: and carrots will cure it all.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But uh I got enough respect with how I do stuff on TikTok that I got a variety of different types of people. I do got the people that do the positive reinforcement freak training uh following me on there and then i also got you know cowboys that you know will snub a horse up and throw a saddle on and ride them out and go out and push cattle that day and i feel like you know even if some of my videos don't appease others you know it can be educational to some people out there and i think a lot of people really appreciate that uh they can learn even little things from me
0: yeah i uh i i i always think uh Yeah. Honesty is always the best, best bet. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why I've, uh, like, I don't, I don't have a huge following, but like the the people that listen, uh, like I've got like a couple hundred people that have been like day one listeners and they like, they're they're like real quick to bark at me. If I, if I don't get an an episode out or something (laughs) on schedule and, uh, and it's uh but a lot of them are just like sure enough good hands and like better hands than i'll ever be but i've also yeah. like i've never made myself out to be be one like i i can get by and I, and I can i can do do a job with with probably with the best of them but like i'm uh i'm not gonna go trying to cut a guy off to to rope something when when like i know he's he's way better than i am i'll, yeah. just, I'll try to catch heels and uh you know i i'm fine with that but i like talking to to people from everywhere and uh and it's it's really cool one of the things about social media is that you you see more hybrid type cowboys than than i i can ever remember growing up mm-hmm. uh, and a ton of that is just to do with social media it just because you have uh you know you have buckaroos from the great basin talking to like crackers down in florida and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's just, uh, and, and now like you're seeing, seeing guys in, in Texas on, on a swell fork, uh, with, with a slick horn and, yeah. and, and like big bell stirrups or, uh, you know, and, and like, you know, like I saw Mark Lundy, uh, dragging calves tied off, doctoring calves tied off the other day. And, uh, you know, Mark Lundy was uh cow boss at the, at the wine cup gamble. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's as buckaroo as they come. Yeah, And, uh, and it just, uh, and he, he's the type of guy that probably would, probably would have made his way down to Texas, uh, anyway, I, I think from what I know of him, but I, I bet, uh, just having a bunch of guys talk at him on Facebook from Texas, uh, kind of, you know, made him not so, uh, reluctant to, to go ahead and, and, and try something like that. You know, it's, uh. Yeah. And that's that's one of them one of been one of the really cool things I, I've seen through through like my my deal here is just is just seeing guys from all over. Uh, yeah. And then like seeing guys that I, I know probably weren't friends on Facebook, but like seeing them uh, sharing their sharing posts back and forth. And I like I know they, they got to know each other through through my show. And that, that's pretty dang cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I mean, social media does have a lot of bad things about it, but it does. I mean, I feel like the, you know, the cowboy community, it, it has done quite a bit of good too. <laughs> just being yeah. up to. Continue.
0: Yeah, I think so. And then like, like you take the groups on Facebook, like just the, the trading and the swapping and the selling and, uh, and like benefits. I've seen so many, so much money raised for for guys that get that get banged up or whatever somebody yeah <coughs> somebody's got a kid that you know whatever whatever the case may be i've seen a ton of money raised just uh through through facebook uh mm-hmm. for whatever reason cowboy community loves facebook and that, and yeah. facebook hates us I, I don't know why why <laughs> we why we stick with them but it, it it's the groups mostly i think it's groups yeah. that that that's the that's the only thing that keeps cowboys on facebook but i like i don't know it's uh i i think there's a lot of good of course there there's there's always some some just bullshit about about social media in general it brings out the worst of people um, Yeah, but I'll also i, I just I, I think the the pros far outweigh the cons and uh and and it's uh it's it's cool to see some of these people that uh like Like yourself that like, I don't know, for, (coughs) for whatever reason, like you, you got into it and, and developed a following. And I I think that's cool. Uh, And, uh, and there's, uh, there's a ton of people that like, weren't really ever trying to, to be internet famous that all of a sudden, like Derek Mott, I guarantee you, he wasn't trying to be internet famous, but all of a sudden, like he's, you know, he's all over Facebook and, and, and TikTok and, uh, yeah. And uh it just um I it's it's cool seeing like uh seeing stuff like that uh grow and expand and, and you know like at some point like some of us could might maybe make a little bit of money on, on the side and that that, that that's good for, for the whole community. Yeah. And uh I don't know. So it's uh it, it's uh it's kinda kinda crazy how it works. Uh and and it's it's at, at odds with cowboy culture in general because we're very traditional. Everything about what we do is tradition, and then the you know then like buckaroo is like cowboy tradition, but like on steroids. I mean, it's uh,
2: <laughs> the
0: the you get into yeah. the buckaroo stuff, and uh, you're you're getting into some really fine details uh, worth of tradition. Like yeah, we, yeah, it's it, it's wild. So uh you said you're you said you're from outside of spokane um so what um what initially kind of got you in into cowboy Inn?
2: well uh kind of well where I was at from out of spokane, I was an hour out of Spokane in the agricultural community on mm-hmm. uh, a small one called usk, and we were good friends with uh some local ranchers around there we all were really good friends went down to their place all the time but A majority of that uh community, everything's run from, you know, they have, you know, thousand head of cows, but everything's worked with four-wheelers. You know, they'll have a couple. They'll have a couple horses, but these horses have never pushed a cow a day in their life and they're Mm. born and die on the ranch. And uh it's just is something that ever since I was a kid, I was always like, you know what, why don't we work stuff horseback? Wouldn't that be like a lot cooler kind of thing <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, in my mind. I was just like, that'd be way more fun than running around on a four wheeler. And, uh, and I got into training horses and stuff like that when I was older. But when I really got into cowboying is when I met my husband and uh, we actually met when him and I were working at a sawmill together and he told me he was a cowboy. And when I thought, when someone says they're a cowboy in that area, they're like, Team ropers and bull riders and bronc riders, and I'm like, yeah, you're probably no cowboy, like, doubt it. And uh, yeah. I invited him to go riding with me one day, and he pulled out his saddle, a slick fork saddle with a rope on it, and taps, and I'm like, you know what, this guy's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when him and I got married, that's that's when I got into it. And It's something that I always wanted to do, but I felt like I never really had the resources or knowledge. To get into it, but marrying someone that did have the experience of working cattle horseback and everything like that, and uh, doing all that you know, when he gets hired on, they kind of don't really have an option but to take the wife. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I got into it full time and uh, absolutely fell in love with it. And immediately, the place that we went to was you know, going and managing a, a cow camp operation for seven to eight months out of the year living out of a camper trailer with no electricity, running water. And my husband told me, he's like, well, you're going to find out really quick if you really want to be a cowboy doing this. And, uh, yeah, I fell in love with it. And, uh, I told him, I'm like, if we ever had to, where I had to go back and work at like a retail store or anything, everything that I did before for work, I'd never be able to do it. I'd go insane after doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny how much you like you miss people <clears throat> until you go back to to where people are, and you're just like, ah, I don't I don't miss them that much.
2: Yeah, no, nah, this is now I am perfectly fine being two hours out of town and going grocery shopping once a month. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, uh, I I'm kind of the same way. Like every now and then, I'm just like, man, I, I wish I'd uh, like it would be kind of cool to get to town and do something. And then you do it and you're just like, I cannot wait to get out of town. Like, it's just, I, yeah. And it's, uh, it's an, it's an every now and then thing that where, where I go do anything like that, but it's, uh, it's fun for a minute, but I'm always, yeah, I, I I like people from a distance.
2: Yeah. And that's why I'm really social media is I don't ever have to actually talk to them really that much in person. So,
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. You were, you were talking about some of the comments you get. And, um, so there's a gal, Mackenzie Johnston that, uh, does, uh, cattle news update. Uh, and I, I posted on, on my feed <coughs> and she gets some, like some really just bitchy comments from usually from old men. And, uh, I, you know, like I, I, I just try to make people laugh, and I, like, I, I like, uh, I like saying the stuff that you're not supposed to say, and and all yeah. all that, and uh, and I've said some pretty heinous shit at at some point in time, just trying to to make people laugh, and I don't get near the backlash that that you ladies get, like, uh, well, like Bob. it's wild to me, and and you yeah. being uh, in the horse world, the horse world. And I proved it. Uh, I I made a a meme about uh, about Leah Thomas running barrels or I tweeted. And and it was. uh, And I never got any pushback from any trans uh, trans rights activists. And I used all the hashtags. I wanted it to be seen. I thought maybe. uh, No, it was the barrel racers that got pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and uh, it's it's just funny it's like uh who who gets more triggered a uh yeah, like a far left-wing activist or a barrel racer and the barrel racer. it's a barrel racer yeah, <laughs> yeah. by yeah. by a long and they get mean they get really they, mean, they
2: <laughs> mean. They like, that one get-
0: <laughs> it was it kind of kind of shocked me so uh i don't know it, it's wild what uh what what people get mad at uh on on the internet but horses is always uh I, I don't think it matters who is doing the talking whether it be barrel racers or like crazy mustang ladies or trainers or cow hands or uh or, or just like animal rights activists uh like it, it's just a charged topic. It's about like talking about abortion, <laughs> you know, yeah. at, at just in the, like you just walk into a crowd of people and like, Hey, let's talk about abortion. You might as well. Be, I mean, that might as well be talking horses, uh, horses at all uh, in any situation.
2: It, that's funny that you say that. Cause just the other day I posted a TikTok video, uh, doing a video reply to a lady. She was freaking out on one of my, uh, one of the ladies I highly respect on TikTok, Amanda Ray, she does a lot of cult starting and she makes a living training horses and she does a damn fine job doing it. And, uh, she said that she would never own a thoroughbred and there is a ton of people on there freaking out on her about the fact that she said that she would never own a thoroughbred and just laying into her for the fact that she said that. And like, I, you know, I got on there. There's this one lady that was harassing her and saying that just get over yourself and admit that we're right, said that. So I got on there and, you know, there's a few people on TikTok that I'll back up once they get harassed enough. I'm like, you know what? You know that, you know, you need to hear what's going on because Amanda can be a little nice at times and I'm not always as nice as I should be. But. uh, Yeah, this I told this lady, I'm like, you just need to grow the hell up like. She, people are allowed to have their opinion. She also said that she'd never own a Mustang. And I, I like Mustangs, you know, just for using horses, but I'm not freaking out on her for that fact. And I, I made the comment that the horse industry needs to hold themselves to a higher standard, but that in itself is the problem because everyone believes that they are the highest standard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent right. And, uh, uh, it, it's it's so funny how uh, it's the it's the best case uh, for for decentralization as there is. Uh, it mm-hmm. just look at at the cowboy or the horse world, and you look at like city folks may just think like, "Hey, the cowboy is a cowboy," and you know, like some you know they they might think that some guy driving a tractor in Iowa is a cowboy. Yeah. But like but when you actually break down like the actual working cowboy world and then you get or well i mean there's actually there's the rodeo cowboy world like there's the show horse cowboy world and then there's the working cowboy world yeah and then within each segment of that it it breaks down into a million different groups and it's, it's why the ranchers can't ever get anything done uh, sa- same way. It's like it's you have a million, or you know, it's, I think we got five thousand different ranchers, and every single one of them is working against all the other
2: four thousand
0: nine hundred ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and and so it's like one thing. Like it's probably good that you have just quarter horse people, and, and just third red people, and, and just Mustang people, and like because like if they they all try if, if if one from the this world tries to tell one from this world what to do i mean it, you might as it's like russia and ukraine all over again
2: yeah
0: <laughs> and uh yeah. so I, I don't know it's it's like it, it's just it's crazy how many different uh types of thinking there is and uh I, i've got to where i respect a lot of them i i've i've seen a ton of bullshit over the years and, and I've I've seen a lot of stuff that uh that I that I like, and so I just I just kind of I, I cl- hold on to the stuff that I like, and I don't, but I'll listen to just about everybody, and then at the end of the day, I've worked with enough different people from all over the freaking place that. If it works, it works. I don't care. Like can you get the job yeah. done? Like if I if I'm hooked on one, can you pick up two? If if so, yeah. then fuck, we're all right. <laughs> like yeah. then then we're good. <laughs> I don't I don't care. And uh and I uh, I I wish I wish everybody kind of had a little bit more of that that attitude, but there there wouldn't be those those cool rivalries between cowpunchers and buckaroos and <laughs> and flat hats versus tacos if, if we didn't have like the hardliners too. So it's I yeah. uh, I don't know. You got to have all of them, I guess. So it makes yeah. the, it's what makes the world go around.
2: It was funny. I was down in Texas a couple months ago and uh, went down with a couple of friends. First time I had ever been to Texas. And it was funny because the, the days that I wore just like this, my Wrangler jeans, my flat hat, button up shirt, what I wear every day. I'd be walking down the streets in the stockyards and I'd get people yelling at me to go home. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, you know, like it ain't worth fighting over to me. Like, you know, you guys got your opinion, I got mine. That's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't I don't get that. Like, uh I've I've never like I've given given guys a lot of shit for what they're wearing, but like oh, yeah. it's all it's all in good fun. But like I've never yelled at somebody for
2: oh yeah for, no. for like
0: yeah it, it, that's that's dumb. People are dumb.
2: <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't get it, but I but also I know those guys uh, like if they're like I, I'll never I'll never rope with a guy that that uh, dallys on rubber. And they're like. Or I'll never with dally. I'll never rope with a guy who who packs sixty foot of rope. Eh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've seen some really handy people that 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 tie on. I've seen some really yeah. really handy people that yeah. that dally on rubber, and and I've seen some really really pe- uh handy people that that uh, dally on a slick. And it just like I said, it, it, at the end of the day, if you can get the job done, and then that's 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 what I want. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I've been, you know, training people in the feedlot and like, Hey, can you heal this, this steer? Yeah. And then it just, it turns into a wreck. And I was like, if you would have just told me, no, I can't heal this steer. I would, uh, I would either laid him down on my own or tried to help you through it. But yeah, like that, I, I just want to know what you can do. And if you can get the job done, then then that's, that's all I need. I don't, uh, that yeah. everything else is just style points or whatever. You know, it's, it's aesthetics. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And everybody's got their own personal preference. I mean, I've told people over and over again for people that, you know, are trying to bash on other people for riding in spade bits or, you know, riding with a 60 foot rope or whatever. It's like, you know, some people like, chevys and some people like fords you know just the same thing people are allowed to have a preference if you don't want to rope with a 60 foot rope then don't i'm gonna but
0: well i and there's i guarantee you there's guys from texas that have never dallied in their life but if they had to go trail uh trail cattles off the mountain where it's a you know 100 foot drop off the trail uh they're that they got something that they're leading down there, they're not going to be tied hard uh, in yeah. case that old bitch decides to jump. Well, no, that's 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 when you you want a, a long rope and be able to let go of that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh and yeah. uh, and for the same way, like for for those guys uh, down in Texas that are they are catching cattle and in the mesquite brush where you got one swing and a catch and then you're crashing through the brush and you can't, you're not going to hold a dally in your reins at the same time. So you better be tied hard. Like there's, there's a reason why everybody does something and uh, what works down in South Texas doesn't always work, work up in, uh in Oregon, you know, it just, right. it's uh there's a reason for everything, but I, I mean, I, I like like, uh, I like the rivalry, but I, I hate the, I hate the purity tests uh, that everybody goes through. Like that, that's that's so dumb.
2: Yeah, it is. I agree.
0: So, um, so like when, when you started riding, that you were, you were riding in uh, like the, the Vaquero style, uh, kind of from the get go or what, how'd you, how'd you come up in?
2: I, uh, when I started riding, I was your typical, 13 year old horse girl. I mean, nothing fancy at all. Just the grazing bit and a cheap synthetic saddle and, you know, nylon tack. <laughs>
0: yeah. There you <laughs> uh, go.
2: And, uh, yeah, I kind of discovered it on later on in life and it kind of intrigued me. Uh, once I got out of high school and stuff like that, like just seeing the style and everything, I was just like, that's absolutely amazing. And, uh, kind of started taking on when I started, uh, training outside horses myself, started taking on, you know, some of the, like the Buck Brenneman and, uh, Ray Hunt style of training and stuff like that. But I never thought that I was ever going to make a spade bit horse in my entire life. I never thought that that was, and I was actually kind of against spade bits because I looked at them and I was just like, well, that's just a levered bit and torture device. And uh it wasn't until later on in, you know, kind of like my early twenties that my mind changed when someone corrected me on it. And I decided, cause usually when I get in debates with people, I want to do research. So I want to make sure my facts are straight so I can be right. And uh, I found out I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I decided that, you know, that was my goal. That's what I wanted to do. And, uh, then when I got into cowboy I had the full opportunity to utilize all of that. Well, wow. so it, it wasn't something that I started from the get go, you know, cause like I said, where I was born and raised in Northeastern Washington, like I even went back up there last year and put on a clinic for people. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be talking about spade bits and advanced training and all sorts of stuff. And I go back up there for some of the people that are more advanced for that area. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, these people can't even load their horse in a trailer. They can't even properly lunge their horse. (laughs) And uh, it was just like going back to the area that I was from and seeing the people that, you know, that I was around growing up and seeing, you know, but like, I didn't realize how complacent I was in my knowledge, you know, I was just, that'll do kind of thing. And uh, but yeah, I didn't start out in it or anything like that. It wasn't until my early twenties that I really dedicated myself to it. When I when I did that research, when I went to argue with someone and I figured out exactly what it was, I mean, I dedicated my training methods and everything I wanted, you know, that was gonna be that was my new obsession, was educating myself on the fact. And I did all sorts of internet research. I've watched all all sorts of YouTube videos, Um, started friending people on Facebook that knew stuff about that, getting in those groups and asking questions. And uh, what I really liked about it too is that there's very few people that discouraged, tried to discourage me from, you know, furthering my knowledge and going forward with it. Everybody was always like yeah you need to pursue this you need to keep going on this is amazing you will absolutely love it they give me tips and all sorts of stuff and that's what i really knew that it was for me not just the training methods and the techniques but the people all the people in it were more than encouraging as well like everybody was excited to have another person that was excited to do this
0: well that's awesome i uh i think there's a lot of people that that didn't have that you know, quite that reception when they wanted to get in the mm. horse world. It's either people discouraging them to, to get out of it or uh or like you know, especially like when you get in the show world, like there nobody wants to oh, yeah. share any share anything, you know. It's uh it's uh it's it's as cutthroat as a get. Um I don't know. why it's uh it's funny. Like the the horse world's real finicky. Um but like if you can find a good spot you know it, it can be really really good people
2: yeah it's, when uh, i when i first got out of high school i went and worked at a saddlebred stables and i trained saddlebred horses to show english and saddle seat and all of that and uh i kind of had an idea of what the show world was like cuz i grew up showing for for age and that was really I mean, I was amazed on how cutthroat those 4-H girls were. I mean, they would not help you to save your life when it came to try to better in your horsemanship and do better because then you were competition. And uh, and then showing in the saddlebred world, it was the same way. Like you were not, you didn't talk to other people at other stables. I mean, the <laughs> only other people that would really talk to you is uh, the owners of the horses. They were, you know, they talked to you, stuff like that. But when it came to, rival stables and stuff like that i mean they were cut through you weren't friends with any other stable people you weren't friends with any other trainers because they were competition and i was just like this is just isn't right like i feel like this should be more of a community and not a rivalry
0: yeah yeah i've i've always i've always thought that about well i get the world in in general <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah there there's uh you know like whether whether it's the the horse the horse world uh, and, and in particular like not not just your casual horse world but like the people that actually depend on a horse uh like we we have uh, almost the the smallest amount of say on what what happens in the horse world uh and uh but there like we everybody's all closed off because like we're we're under attack from uh you know from animal rights people and the ranch people yeah. are the same way and, and yeah like there there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we could do to help each other if we just like like calm down and like kind of get on the same page but and you don't yeah. even have to be so much on the same page but like just stop fighting each other
2: yeah, yeah.
0: and uh because. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, they, they, you know, the age old buckaroo versus cow puncher deal. It just, at the end of the damn day, we're, we're both trying to take a cow and, uh, have her help her raise a baby and, uh, and, and get that baby to market. So we can, you know, the owner can make some money and we can get paid. Like, that's what, that's what we're trying to do that. Uh, everything else is just details. And, uh, so like the deep, there's no, there's no need in fighting over details. Like just like, like focus on the big picture here. Like we, we gotta, Oh, go
2: ahead. It's like, in my opinion, like someone walking up to someone else and saying, well, you wear Levi jeans. Like I don't like you because you wear Levi's and I wear Wranglers kind of thing. It's just Mm. like, it's a ridiculous thing. Like we're both wearing pants. So what's it matter?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, uh, like that like the whole it's like it goes but yeah for, the Ford versus Chevy deal like that that's that's something mechanics fight over and mechanics are dumb so uh yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> uh yeah like they, that 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 like the the Ford doesn't have a mind of its own the the Chevy doesn't have a mind of it own, of its yeah. own but we're we're out here we're conquering a you know an 800 to, to 1200 you know even bigger uh Pound animal, uh, so that we can move it around to uh, and push a bunch of other like you know eight hundred to fifteen hundred pound animals around. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're, we're we're dealing with animals and uh, and yeah. So like, who, who cares about what you uh, like? Can you get the job done? That's that's the ultimate goal. Like that that's where right. you that's where the rivalry should go go is like the the people that can't get the job done push them out because we don't need them. That's going to get somebody hurt or killed. Right. And it's just like I,
2: we're willing to get up at 3 a.m. and go out and trot out before daybreak, and find cows, bring them in, do whatever the job needs to be done. As long as it mm-hmm. gets done, it gets hurt. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. And, and it's the same way as like, uh, versus you know, like the, you know, like the feedlot guy versus the outside guy. Like, yeah is the feedlot as glamorous uh, and as it's like, no, but, uh, I guarantee you, you, you motherfuckers are going to be in the pickup when I'm out riding pins, when, when it's, uh, you know, the 10 below and, uh, you yeah. guys are going to try to do everything you can to not get out of a pickup. And I like, hats off to you. That's the smart thing to do, right. but yeah. So, but you're not talking shit now. So it's just like yeah. what, just realize everybody's got their, their own little part in this world and it like, right. takes everything to, to, to make, uh, to make what we do, uh, awesome. And so yeah. rather than fighting each other, like, you know, got to have kind of a united front against the, the rest of the world that seems to hate us, even though they like what we do. Right. It's weird. It's weird. Like they, they hate us and they love us all at the same time. <laughs> and, and and like, you just like, you don't even know which way to, to turn. Right. But I don't know. It's uh what what are you going to do? Just punch cows. That's 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 yeah. that's all you can do.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh yeah, it's it's a crazy deal. So so uh what what got you into the Mustang type deal?
2: Um that was completely by accident. Um uh, when my husband and I moved to Eastern Oregon here, we had one horse to cowboy off of because we were packing in California and all the stocks provided. Mm. And uh, in order to go to California, we sold the horses that we had to afford to go to California to pack. And, uh, all except one 22 year old Hancock, Fred mare. And, uh, so all we had when we got here to Eastern Oregon was one old horse and, uh, we couldn't afford, you know, that's when horse prices really started going up. And uh, and so we couldn't afford to buy, you know, an unstarted two-year-old for six grand. And uh, so I was kind of looking around trying to see if there's any sort of projects, cheap projects and stuff. But even cheap grade project horses were running mm-hmm. $12. And to buy five of those, you know, you're going into debt especially <clears throat> on cowboys wages. And, yeah. uh, and so I found out about adopting Halterbrook Mustangs for 125 bucks a piece. And I'm like, Hey, yeah, shit. Yeah. Those will get us through, you know? And, uh, then they turned out to be, I mean, we are riding some pretty rough country up in the uh, Malheur national forest, pretty steep, uh, timber country, rocky. And, uh, they're pretty sure footed. They're easy to start. They never really buck hard, you know? And I mean, you could get one that's halter broke and have it started under saddle within a week or two going to work within two or three weeks and for 125 bucks. And so it was all completely by accident because I just was like, Hey, that's a cheap horse. I don't care what it is. It's in my budget. Mm. That's just how I got into it. And I just kind of, kind of fell in love with it because still i mean they're cheap horses and you know you can turn them into something if you really want to or you know i found out really quick too that you use a mustang on a ranch for a year and get them really good and broke that them crazy mustang girls will pay a lot of money for a really broke mustang (laughs) there you go yeah
0: there you go i uh that's always uh it's always been kind of uh the bane of the cowboy's existence is trying to trying to make enough money so that you can keep cowboying Because
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the cowboying
0: yeah. itself don't pay shit so you got to make <laughs> you got to make money on the side so you can keep yeah. doing it and uh and riding outside horses and trading horses that's where that's where it all started and then you know, of course uh then you know guys get into the leather work get into the the silver work and then yeah it's, but it's uh, it's always trying to find that little that little side deal that that yeah. you can do do at night to 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 uh, it's, it's it's basically uh, I'm I mean it's a uh, it's a heroin addiction with without the heroin yeah you just uh, like you, you'll you'll do a lot of a lot of stupid shit so that you can not have to get a job in town
2: yeah yeah it's a uh, yeah it it those mustangs i mean they paid for a lot of stuff i mean and then also like i breed pugs now too so that's uh that's bought my husband a brand new custom saddle and some spade bits and the next litter is going to be going to my brand new custom saddle and there you uh, go you know side stuff like that I mean, super easy. And those Mustangs, like I said, like I've gotten a few people, <laughs> a few cowboy friends that I know that are starting to get into it too, because I've told them, I mean, I've sold some God awful, ugly looking Mustangs that are, I mean, within a year, they are broke, broke. I mean, I had a five-year-old that I sold. I mean, she had a big old nasty head on her, skinny little legs and she was about as wide as a two by four and sold her for like $7,000. No shit. Anyone, yeah and i only paid 25 bucks for her
0: huh. there you and go that's uh, a, that's a hell of a roi
2: yeah and uh i'm telling like i keep telling people like yeah you may not you know you may get some shit for riding them and coming out and going to a brandon on a mustang or whatever and stuff like that but i'm telling you some of those ladies will pre play pay a pretty penny for a mustang no matter how ugly it is that brand on its neck means a lot to them
0: huh weird yeah. uh, i don't I, I don't i don't get it but yeah like no i i've uh i've rode yeah if you if you truly just cowboy for a living like that's that's what you do uh you're gonna ride some shit <laughs> whether yeah. whether it's your own or or, or the co- or company owned or whatever you're gonna ride some shit and uh i don't know you just but you got to have one so like even if you don't like them, like you got to get a job done. So,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, t- taking a beating on a uh, you know, on a on a reservation shitter is better than you know, I guess sitting in a cubicle. So, like, you, you get it yeah. done. Yeah, like you, you figure yeah. it out. And I don't know. I uh I yeah. That I one one good thing about the, the economy being on very shaky grounds is the the bottom is about to fall right out of the horse market. And uh, I, I can't wait for that because I I would like to get back to some regular old, like reject cutter projects that I I can buy for a reasonable amount. Uh, I, I remember the days when you could buy those, especially when I back home in, uh, in Eastern Colorado, you know, we were close enough to Stephenville where you could get some of those, uh, some of those reject cutters, uh, for about 1500 bucks all day long. Yeah. And shit, you can't touch one of those for, for less than five nowadays.
2: I had a friend of mine. She's been looking for a horse for a month or so now. And, uh, she can't find anything under $9,000. That's broke anything like even like 9,000 is the lowest for horses with you know, that have foundered and that have soundness mm. issues and stuff like that because they're broke the ride. And if they have papers, <laughs> that's another three grand on top of it. And like the horse industry right now is absolutely insane. Like the pricing on everything.
0: Oh, it's, it's awful. Like I've got a Mustang that I know I could probably get. Uh, I don't know. It, <clears throat> especially if I, if I, if I wanted to play dirty and, and, and give her a little little ace or something beforehand. Cause she, she tends to kind of run through a bit. Uh, but like, if, uh, like if there was one of those, those crazy Mustang ladies that, that could actually ride a little bit they'd get along with her just fine. And I know, could sell her for, for quite a while, but I can't afford to replace her at the moment. And, yeah. uh, and so like, I got to, I don't even particularly like her, but, like. Uh, I don't know. I just, like I said, I can't, uh, I can't afford to replace her. Even if I did make a uh, pile of money on her, uh, you know, I paid like 300 bucks for, uh, I, I, yeah, what I could sell her for now, I can't buy something even close to a, you know, comparable to what she is right now to, for, for what I can sell her for. So it's, I just keep riding her, I guess. I mean, It's a, it's a hell of a quandary, but I, I guess, like I said, I think that's gonna, that's about going to fall out anymore.
2: Yeah. You'd be amazed at what some of these people pay for Mustangs. Like sometimes I'll check in on those internet auctions for these untouched Mustangs. And there was one that sold last year for $8,000. It was a 13 year old horse. That was a Pinot and sold for (laughs) $5,000. And I'm like, I wouldn't pay that for a 13-year-old broke horse. like. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like I, yeah, that'd have to be, man, the, the, the horse that would have to be for me to pay that is, yeah. is insane. Uh, I don't
2: know. The horse is two grand, and the only reason why, I mean, we we he was worth more than that, but my husband braided a Riata, and we traded a pug puppy on top of it but I've never, other than that horse, I've never broke in more than 300 bucks on a horse before, because I'm always like, Oh, I'll just get the prejects and stuff like that. And then when the horse market went up, I got into Mustangs instead because they're dirt cheap and you can turn them into something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, nah, that horse market's uh it's pretty finicky, but, um, yeah, that feed bill is going to be the first thing to go when uh, when when shit hits the fan. So like, I, there there's fixing to be a lot of cheap horses. Yeah. I uh, I think the last uh, the last time that happened, I mean, yeah, you could like they were just about giving horses. I mean, oh wait, I mean there's I, I worked at, at one of those uh, wild horse uh, uh, feed lots there in in Fallon, Nevada. Yeah. and uh yeah there there were branded horses out there in that feed lot that was just people that that couldn't yeah. afford a feed bill anymore so they just turned them out on the desert yeah <laughs> i mean and like freeze branded horses not and not on the neck i mean these these were actual r- ranch, the ranch brands yeah. yeah yeah and you're just like and, but then they they were like over the age of six so they wouldn't adopt them and i was like yeah, I I could have me a whole new string right here for about a thousand bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and like probably not have to do a whole lot, like, uh, a couple, couple hard days of, uh, reminding them that they're, uh, they're not a, an actual Mustang. And, and then from there, like, like you could have had a, a good string of using horses in for about a thousand bucks in a month's worth of time. Yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't they wouldn't adopt them because they're over the age of six. Yeah, it's it's stupid. But, but I mean, what 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 else do you expect from from the the federal government?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just about right.
0: Yeah, does it make sense? Well, okay, then we're not going to do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it, it's is it's it wild. quick
2: and efficient? No, we're not going to do that. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> Uh, will it make my buddy a bunch of money? All right. Let's do that for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild, but, um, so, uh, well, what, what's, uh, what, what, what's your, what do you guys got going on in the future? What, what, what's your dreams and aspirations from, from here?
2: Uh, well, ideally Jeff and I would love to just you know end up being that old couple that braids rawhide and does leather work and silver work and that just retires off of that and they work in and stuff like that but you know that's probably every every cowboy's dream <laughs> mm. but uh you know we really don't have too much of a long-term plan I would really <laughs> like to do uh getting horses not necessarily training outside horses too much i would do a select amount of people training outside horses um but i would like to just get horses and train them and sell them and do that full time and day work on top of that like that's just what i want to do and possibly go and put on some clinics for people and doing stuff like that that's what i really want to do um for my husband he just sees himself cow blind for the rest of his life possibly getting our own place at some point in time but you know with the market the way it is now that's not going to be until you know we're probably it's a,
0: <laughs> it's a good time to be taking care of somebody else's cattle
2: it, it really is yeah it is yeah
0: yeah i uh i've i've looked into that many a time and and I'm not one one to just like pencil stuff out a whole lot, but when you're when you're looking at buying land and buying cows, and you actually have to pencil that shit out, um, it it just don't pencil out. And no. uh, and so like I, I've i found a gig here that let kind of lets me do my job and uh, with very little uh, I, I won't say ob- very little oversight, but very little micromanaging and and then uh, it allows me to do do actual cowboy shit on the side every now mm-hmm. and then and then uh and then allows me to talk to people like you and uh and and like i'm good with that i i just soon not own cows right now like uh yeah i'll uh <coughs> i'll try to make myself make enough money on my own so i can make myself as cheap as i can to to the ranchers that i want to help and, uh, and not, but also not have to worry about if, uh, if I don't want to go work, you know, go work cowboy shit for a day, if I want to go, you know, stay inside and research, uh, for a new podcast. But like, I do anything I can to, uh, like, I, I just, it's not like hats off to everybody still trying it, but like, man if you're trying to break into the, to the ranching world, you got to have some deep pockets and a hell of a lot of luck. Uh, and if you, and if you don't have both of them and it just don't, that that stuff don't pencil out. No. And, uh, and it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but it's, that's true.
2: Yeah. It's pretty rough. I mean, you, I mean, the cattle ranchers now, like, Family run operations that are just smaller operations aren't doing very good right now, just because it's just, they're not coming out on top at all. Cause Mm-mm. you know, it be a pretty big operation to even come out a little bit on top at this point in time.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think, I think there was a glimmer of hope uh, during the pandemic when, when people ran out of beef and they started calling a rancher yeah and uh but i don't i don't think we did enough to capitalize on that there's yeah like that that was a big opening and I, and it's still there i mean like we're with this uh like it was like they're, they're they've they've been talking about food shortages in the in, in your your like kind of big corporate media for for the last uh couple of weeks now so that means that like they've known it for for a while that, that food shortages are coming and like and I, yeah. I've noticed it at the like the Mexican restaurant here here in town. Uh like there's a lot of times they don't have carne asada on the on the menu anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh and that like that's like that that's kinda just uh I like I, I don't think with the like the shelves are gonna be bare, but you're gonna you're gonna notice like inconveniences like that. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and it's dumb cause like we, the Valley that I live in, everybody outside of the retirees, just about everybody has some, is some way connected to beef right. and, and the Mexican restaurant in town doesn't have carne asada on the menu because their supplier didn't get it. And so it's like, there, there's a big disconnect there. And, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, uh. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that there like, there's a, I don't know, there, there's a big, like, there's a big opportunity there. I just don't know how, how somebody capitalizes on that. Yeah. And, and like, and like, well, uh, like us as a, as an industry kind of capitalizes on that. because like, there's a, there's a big opening. I just don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know exactly how you, how you go about that. Yeah but i don't know it's uh it's crazy I, I i i've also i've often wondered about uh kind of kind of folks like you and, you and me like I, I i grew up a little bit in uh you know in the ranching world but like my dad ran <clears throat> I, I don't know if he ever ran more than 50 head of cattle but like he, he day worked and and we had uh all told we had a uh, a couple thousand acres, maybe at the at the most, when he was leasing some ground, um, and like, but there's there's just not enough for me to go back to, and uh, you know I've got I've got a big family with that uh, with a bunch of siblings, so like, once you start breaking that that down, like there's there's not much to go back to, and then right. <laughs> trying to get started uh, somewhere else from nothing, I mean it, it just, oh I said it's a good good time to take care of somebody else's cows. Like
2: Exactly. That,
0: that's that that's about the long and short of it. And I, I hate as as much as I'm always trying to work for myself, uh most mostly I just don't I don't like being told what to do. So yeah. it's not not so much that I'm so much uh you know an entrepreneur. I just don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah. And uh I don't even know if I'm a good businessman. I just yeah. Yeah, I just don't I don't like being told what to do. And yeah, I still like you break it down. Just like, hmm. being told to do what to do with somebody else's cows is a hell of a lot better than trying to figure out how to make these cows make money right now. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take care of somebody else's stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, couple of weeks ago i went to the store and jeff and i were out of we hadn't had a chance to go to the ranch and get some beef yet so i went to buy some steaks at the store and i'm like you know what not a good time to buy steaks i'll wait until we can run up to the ranch and get some from the freezer
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no no kidding i uh yeah it, it's uh it's wild like we i i just uh i, oh, I butchered two beef this year and uh that the second one turned out really i mean the first one was really good second one was even better and i but mostly because i had to hold on to him for a while because uh like the, the guy that i that was uh butchering him for me uh it was renting his space from somebody else and uh we've kind of got like the the urban sprawl from reno the reno area kind of coming this way and uh Well, the, the people that owned his, his little spot where he did had his butcher shop sold and, and he's like, Hey, I can't, can't take your beef. So I had to keep him for like another 60 days. And, uh, and then like you try to sell a whole beef and, uh, even, even with, uh, today's market, like it's harder than you think just because nobody has any freezer space. Yeah. And, uh, and then, like when you're when you're trying to sell it, you know, ten pounds at a time, that's fine. I can get that done. But I also I don't don't need people snooping in on me too. And uh, yeah. and you also kind of got to make sure that 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 people are cool because uh, you know if if by chance there's some some blood that drips on <laughs> on the you know some packaging while while you're waiting for it to freeze solid. You gotta, you gotta have people that know that, that there's nothing wrong with that meat, and yeah. uh, and so you know it's 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 not something you can take to the farmers market and sell. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's it's a whole thing when you when you come down to it, it's uh, it's it's a lot, it's a lot tougher than you think.
2: It is, it really is, because you you're gonna get every end of the spectrum of different types of people trying to buy from mm-hmm. you, and you don't know what. I mean, they can get, you know, one little piece of meat that doesn't look right. And they're going to freak out on you.
0: Yeah. And a rancher is really good at making that meat. But they're horrible at talking to the people that, <laughs> that yeah. consume it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, and I, like, I, I guess I'm better than your average rancher at, at doing stuff like that. But I, I still, there's a reason like I don't work with people yeah like where yeah we're like they're the cowboys always kind of been on the fringe of society, even though Hollywood loves them and t- until they meet yeah. him,
2: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it's i don't know it's uh it's a crazy life, but i don't know I don't know what I'd do uh if I wasn't doing it, yeah, but um uh, I don't know it's uh it's been a fun conversation sarah i, I enjoyed it um well um i I guess tell everybody where they can find find all your stuff on uh, on all the social medias and uh how to how to get a hold of you if you they got any questions and whatnot
2: um the best way to probably actually get a hold of me is to find my facebook page under high desert horsemanship. That's the best way to send me a message um, if they want to get a hold of me and ask me questions. Of course, I'm on TikTok as the rare buckaroo. Mm-hmm. Same handle for my Instagram. Um, if someone wants to message me on there, uh, they can look me on look me up on Facebook, Sarah Jean Waddell, stuff like that. Whatever, you know, I mean, you can Google my name and you're going to find me at this point in time. Uh, whatever suits your fancy on getting a hold of me. So, yeah. And sometimes it takes me a while to message people back because just like he said, you know, sometimes I just can't handle talking to people some nights. And so I just leave them on red until I remember to reply to them a few days later. So. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I try not to leave anybody on red. Like if, uh, if I don't want to talk, I try to not open that until, uh, yeah. cause otherwise I'll, I'll lose it. And I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a big shot. It just, yeah. Yeah. Like every time somebody likes your story, you get a, you get a, a message in, in Instagram yeah. and then you got to scroll away. I don't know. I, I, shit gets lost if I don't, uh, yeah. so like I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same, same boat. I, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird quandary being, uh, being a cowboy in, uh, in the world of Instagram and TikTok
1: yeah because uh
0: there there's there's people that uh you know i they're reaching out to me cuz they they listen to the show and i and i want people to do that but at the same time like i still got a job to do and i uh yeah. and and a family to to take care of and a family to spend time with and uh i, I try to try to be as timely as i can but it's uh, it's also yeah uh there, there's also a life outside of social media. As much as I like it, there's you know there's also the real world.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
0: it's uh, it's it's weird trying to find a balance between the two. But uh, it, yeah. Um. <clears throat> anything else you got before we, before we go?
2: Not that I can think of. I mean, I mean we covered a lot of stuff on this uh, with this conversation. So
0: I'm yeah, pretty that's, happy. Good. I, I'm, I'm. I. I really enjoyed it. I, I. 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 I just. I like talking to to people uh, in general, but I, I. The people I like talking to the most are people that kind of do what I do. So uh, there's. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: I, I, I can. I don't have to know you from anybody, but I, I know if that you you take care of cows or horseback, I we'll have we'll find a conversation there.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, if you'll hang around a few, few more minutes. Uh, and uh, But everybody else, thanks for tuning in. And uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight.
1: Mister, could you sell me a pony to carry me home? I'm tired of being afoot. I'm tired of being alone. The winds are getting cold now. I ain't waited too long Mister, could you sell me a pony To carry me home Oh, sell me a pony To carry me home Make him deep in the hard girth He's got a go many a mile I need him to be good footed Need him just a little bit while We gotta cross many a mountain Before I see my baby smile Mister, could you sell me a pony To carry me home Oh, sell me a pony To carry me home Open the gates swinging wide No time to wait He's waiting for me on the other side Mister, do you have a saddle That I could ride It's been a long time since it was mounted it's Been a long time since I tried Nothing like a good old A4 To give me back my pride Mister, could you sell me a pony To carry me home sell me a pony to carry me home Open the gate swinging wide No time to waste My Baby's waiting for me on the other side Could you show me the trail Show me where I went wrong Where was that turn left me out here for so long Show me the way Give me back my song Mister could you sell me a pony to carry me home Oh sell me a pony to carry me